Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. And let's go to Romans chapter 14, and we're going to finish up uh, this tonight. And uh, we were in James chapter 2, and then we've come to Romans chapter 14. Uh, these are two pivotal chapters uh, for our church and the growth of it. And uh, the teachers and everyone that will be watching uh, tonight's Bible uh, study and, and the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, college age and the singles. So this is where we grow. We, we grow when we learn the word Marlene. I heard him invoke your name, and I thought, she's back. Amen? Uh, so, um, but this is, where, this is where we grow. James 2 was how do you treat somebody who comes into the house of God? Uh, so we talked about that. We talked about the fact that um, someone who comes into the house of God wearing goodly apparel, and then somebody wearing vile raiment, that we are not to be a respecter of persons, because this is not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And how we treat people that come in initially is how we're going to treat people eventually. Because later on in the, in the chapter, it talks about the royal law and the whole law. If we start being a respecter of persons with somebody who comes in, and we say to those in goodly apparel, well, you, you sit here, we have a prominent place for you, and we say those in vile arraignment, well, you stand here or sit under my footstool, uh, then, then we've just, we've just disparaged. We, we're, we're not treating them right. But that same mindset that exists with people that come into the church, you let somebody exist in a church for a long time, and then they'll start treating each other. The royal law says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, James chapter 2. The whole law says, Thou shalt not. And then the Bible says that if you've been guilty in one, you're guilty in all. Y'all, if, 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 the, if the Lord marked iniquity, who could stand? And if you and I are holding each other to a perfection list to where, well, you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this, nobody can exist in a church where they feel like I can't make a mistake and I can't overcome that mistake. I wish people would release me as pastor from confidentiality to where I could just start telling the stories of the members who have, have made huge errors in their life, but they knew they could come to Emmanuel, and they knew that this is the place to recover from failings and fallings, and, and, and this is what you want. The whole reason I started in James chapter 2 was to let us know that this faith that we have, that, that uh, this, the faith without works is dead, that this faith that we claim is a whosoever faith, cannot be a respecter of persons. Now we come to Romans chapter 14. Now Romans chapter 14 tells us this. James 2 tells us, how do we treat people coming in? And how do we treat people among us? Romans chapter 14 tells us, how do we exist in a church with people that have different belief systems? Now let me pause and say, I'm not talking about doctrine. I am not talking about, and I think that we covered it, I'm not talking about if I stood up and said we're going to serve wine for the Lord's Supper, 
there's no doubt. I asked how many would not be here anymore, and uh, everybody's hand went up except Pete's, and he said, oh, I'm staying for that one. Uh, But uh, uh, so, so, and I'm, I'm not talking about having a woman baptized. I'm talking about growing in the Lord. Because you come to Romans chapter 14, verse 1, and we're going to kind of skip through in matter of review to bring us up to speed uh, so that we can close out this book so that I can begin um, another chapter about how do we get along in church uh, next week. Romans chapter 14. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. So what it's saying is, is that when people come into the church and all of a sudden there's somebody that is growing in the Lord, and we're going to look at it, and then there are people who are ahead of them in the Lord, that we are not to receive them to our fellowship for the sake of debating with them. How many has ever been in a fellowship or together and it turned into a debate? And somebody said something and it was like, oh no, somebody needs to correct them. Please know what I'm about to tell you. That's not what church is about. Because everybody's growing at a different rate. So how, how do you exist in a church with everybody growing at a different rate? And some people have come to the knowledge of some things. Some people have not come to this knowledge of these things. And there's this diversity that exists. And this is wonderful. So him that is weak. Now let me stop and clarify because I did have two questions from last week uh, that are very important to answer and it was along the same lines, whenever you're dealing with a very conservative church and you're dealing with a church that is very conservative, then it is, so pastor, are you saying that we need to let people do what they want to do? Romans 14 is not about those who are trying to wreck our faith. Romans 14 are talking about those who are weak in the faith. So we need to separate the two. Everything I've been talking about has nothing to do with those who are trying to wreck our faith. In fact, Romans 14, Romans 15, go to Romans 16, and he answers this in Romans chapter 16. And it was a good question. Romans chapter 16. So he goes through a a list of people. It starts with Phoebe, um, our sister. And then, of course, he he starts walking through this list of people that um, were wonderful people uh, in the church. And you come all the way down. In fact, I love the name in verse 13, Rufus. Amen. Uh, and you got to love these names. If you're looking for a name to name your child, that's it right there. <laughs> I was like, not on your life. Just go to Romans chapter 16 and go down and stop. And it's uh, Typhina. Tryphena. Okay, there you go. That's a good name for a baby. Uh, but if you go all the way down... Look at verse number 17. Paul ends this knowing. Look at it. Now beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause what? Divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and what please? Avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So in Romans chapter 16, it is not talking about people In this verse right here, you don't mark people who disagree with you. People are always going to disagree with you. You you and I are to avoid the people that not only disagree, but now they're trying to pull you off of what you believe. 
the moment the conversation turns into, well, you know, there's a better Bible out there. The Bible says these people we are to avoid. And here's why. Because now they're trying to pull you off. They are contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. So know this. Romans 14 is not talking about that element in the church. What it's talking about is not those who are going to wreck our faith, but those who are weak in the faith. What was happening in, the, in Rome was Jews were getting saved, Gentiles were getting saved, and all of a sudden there's a group in Romans chapter 14, and let's quickly go through it and uh, because the clock's ticking, and uh, look at it. So here it is, verse 2. For one believeth that he may eat all things, and another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. So now, here's what, what he's saying. You're, you're to receive those who are weak in the faith. But there are those who say, well, I can do anything that I want to do because I'm saved. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you eat. And basically, this, is being, this meat is being, being given to us in 2022 as this. Whatever you do, wherever you're at, wherever you go. It doesn't matter because you're saved. And in the end of the analysis of everything, Christ saves, Christ redeems. And so we know that. And the more people grow in that knowledge, the, the two boys, that, the teenage boys that got baptized Sunday, um, it was very interesting. We were up there getting baptized. I was getting ready to baptize them. We're talking. And I said, how, how, did, you, how did you get here? How, how did you get saved? And, and we picked up a, a family over there off of Redmond Road, and uh, little, it was just Chris. Chris was a little thing when he started riding the bus, and Moses, uh, his older brother, came, and Chris started growing up. And somewhere along the line, somebody said to Chris, every day read your Bible. Guess what Chris has been doing every day? Read his Bible. So he's hanging out with his buddies, and his buddies are bored, they get done, he was funny, he said, we're shooting fireworks in the middle of the street, we're doing this and that, and then they were like, this is boring, and uh, so they go back to Chris's house, and they go into his room, and Chris says, it's time I read my Bible. Those two boys that got baptized Sunday night, they sat down, and Chris sat on the other side of the bed, he said, Pastor, I just started reading, and when I got done reading, they said, can we go to church with you? And they came to church, got saved Sunday morning. Mom said they, they get back. Now, guess what? Chris has grown. Now, these two boys are going to be growing. And isn't it true that when somebody gets saved, that their outlook on what a Christian should and should not do is more sensitive than people have been saved for a long time? The problem with Christianity is we're too mature for our own faith. So there are some people that say, oh, I, I can do anything. And then the Bible says that there's somebody that says, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's only, you can only eat this diet. So you have these two factions. And I'll say it again. You would much rather have a more conservative pastor than a more liberal pastor. Because here's why. Because inside a church that has new believers growing. Now, again, we're not talking about those who are trying to wreck our faith. We're talking about those who are weak in the faith. Inside of this, you have the weak that are starting to come to an understanding. You have those who are like, look, 
look, if you listen to the wrong kind of music or you do this, it's not going to send you to hell. These people are walking with the sensitivity of I just got saved and, and so now I'm trying to learn. So now it is incumbent upon two things. He gives us the disposition that should exist, not the position. The position is this. I'm still growing in some things. And y'all straighten up your halo because you're still growing in some things. There are some things I've come to grips with in my years of Christianity that I'm like, that's not a big deal. But there are still some things in my Christianity that I'm like, no, no, no. That's wrong. So now it's my discipline. Look what he said in the text. He said this. He said, he said this, okay, so let him that eateth despise him. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. So those who believe they can do all things, I need to delay here because I need to speed up a little bit, but I, this, is, this is a point to lay foundation for the last three verses in the text, that when I come, there are some things that I'm like, it doesn't matter. The word despise is to condemn or contemn somebody on the other side or to make fun of. So if I at any point am despising and I'm going, oh, you know how they are, and I'm just going to use a term here, well, there, there they are. They don't sing anything with a syncopation in it, and every time they bring a special to sing behind the pulpit, it's, it's got to be straight-laced and, oh, my soul, and here we go. And if I'm sitting there going, mm-hmm, that's wrong. That's wrong because the Bible says don't despise people who are operating on this subject under a strict diet. And nobody's 100% either way. Everybody's on both sides of the coin because we're all growing. And we are at the mercy of how we were raised, how somebody preached to us, how somebody talked to us. And there are things that all of a sudden you find out like, that's not wrong. You, you mean I can do that? And it's like you can't go poor people. Look at the poor Amish people. But then the Bible says, if you believe it, then look what the verse says. The verse says then, here's how you exist in a church. Then let not him which eateth not, what? Judge him that eateth. So now, I, and I'll tell you, I'm very conservative on a lot of things. And this is where people can go, well, you're so hypocritical. Everybody's a hypocrite because we're all growing. So, so, there, so, so I will tell you that the, the conviction in this verse that as I was teaching it, and although I studied it, at the end of one of the lessons three weeks ago, I was like, oh, I got to get to the office. I got to get on my knees and repent because I, the, the tendency I have is that I can see as pastor, they're growing. They're growing. They're, this is wonderful. They're growing. But the tendency I have as pastor is to be judgmental for those who think they can do anything. And I'm like, don't you get it? Now, if I come to the pulpit like that, y'all, the sermons are not going to be palatable. So how do I look at it? Look at the very last phrase in, in verse number, for God hath received him. It, that, that, that phrase didn't come from this point. The phrase didn't come after don't despise them, for God hath received them. You know where the phrase came from? Don't judge them. Because God hath received him. The hardest point in my Christian life is this, that God loves me 
not because of what I do, but because of who I am. And the same God that loves me is the same God that loves them. And that I have to grow. So now you keep walking through the text, and now we're coming down to verse 4. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Verse 5, one, day, uh, one man esteemeth one day above another. Another man esteemeth every day alike. Here it is. Here's the difference. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So now we come to the humanistic part of Christianity that says, well, in my own mind, I just think this is the way it needs to be. And in my own mind, I think that, and what we're doing is churches all over the place have an inner civil war going on, and they don't even know it's brewing because everybody, I'm fully persuaded. I'm a Romans 14, 5. I'm fully persuaded. But if you'll notice the context of it, you cannot have your own persuasion because this persuasion is in light of verse 6. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. He that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. Look at it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he what? Giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and what? Giveth God thanks. So I know I'm recovering territory, but I'm coming down to, to finishing out Romans 14. Basically, it says this, your persuasion, if this is the right way to live, ought to be on this basis. Could you give God thanks for it? I don't see anything wrong going to the movie house, Pastor. Fine. Then in the middle, if you, if you think you can eat all things, and this is part of this, and you think that this has no bearing on me going to heaven, and I'm persuaded in my mind, then in the middle of that scene where that man's kissing on that man or that, I want you to stand up and hold it. Can I, can I have your attention, please? I right now would love to give God thanks for what's going on in that screen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Praise. I hear people all the time. Well, I'm just fully persuaded that that, 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 that woman, she's not your wife, but I'm fully persuaded. Okay. Then when you're alone with her, before you start, you start doing things you shouldn't do, both of you get out of the car, go to the front of the car, and say, we're going to praise God. God, I'm fully persuaded. I'd just like to give you thanks that I'm fixing to kiss another man's wife, and I'm fixing to destroy my home. I just want to give you thanks. Because the persuasion is not how it pleases you. The persuasion, how does it please the Lord? And what we're doing, we're operating on a spiritual, humanistic viewpoint. I can do anything I want to do, because after all, it really doesn't matter. Oh, no, there are certain things you shouldn't do. Giving God thanks on both ends of it. So if before we judge, give God thanks for your critical attitude. So now he says this. It's all heading down to the end. So then he says, for none of us live it to himself and no man died to himself. That has nothing to do with other people. It has everything to do with the Lord because it's explained in verse number eight. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died, rose, and revived that he might, he might be Lord of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or what, why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So then every one of us shall give an account, what, of himself to God. We're not going to give an account if we're sons or daughters. You know what we're going to give account of? How we treated our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
It's a judgment seat. According to the text, you're going to give an account. What is the context? The context is this. If all the people I judged and all the people I despised, if I haven't made that right, it's going to be, why did you do that? It doesn't mean you're going to lose your sonship. It's just, why did you do that? What, why, what were you thinking? And then it's going to be this. If you took my vessel, that's what God's talking. I own you. I am Lord of the living and the dead. And if you took my vessel and did whatever you wanted to do, I want to know why you took my property and did it that way. You're going to give an account. I'm going to give an account. So now we walk down, and now everything, everything twists and shifts in the text. It says this. Um, verse, verse number 11 I'm sorry, verse number 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather. What Paul is saying, as hard as we are on other people, and as much as we despise other people, God said, be that hard on yourself. Start judging you. Go Stand in front of the mirror and take the same opinion, because we got opinions. He's not asking us not to have opinions. He's saying, use your opinion on yourself. And let's not judge one another, but rather that no man put a what? Stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. So now the focus then is not on the people who think they can do all things. And it's not on the people who think they have the strict diet. Here I am. I'm supposed to come down and say, okay, Bob, you need to judge yourself to make sure your life is not a stumbling block or didn't say and, it said or an occasion to fall. We talked about it last week when we got to this point. Stumbling block in the Bible is the first two times it's used is first time is with the blind. The second time is in the way of. If my life, just in, just in, a, in a synopsis, if my life is hurting somebody's Christian life from going forward or an occasion to fall or my Christian life is causing somebody to go backwards, then I am not to be this. I now am to start living my life not in judging other people, but judging me and then positioning my life and taking care of my life to make sure I'm not causing people not to go forward spiritually and I'm not causing people to go back to sin. So now if you look, and let's keep going. Um, in verse number, for I know and persuaded, verse 14, that there's nothing unclean of itself, but him that esteemeth anything to be clean, to him it's unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not your good be evil spoken of. And there are sometimes the good that we do, that we believe, that God has matured us in, we now can take that good and we apply it to the next verse. For the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but what please? Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. My good is not for the sake of meat and drink. My good is for the sake of growing peace and joy. That's what my good should produce. It should not produce a clone of me on the outside. It should produce the inner me on the inside. As pastor, when I walk around and I talk to people, 
I don't want them to dress like I dress. I don't want them to act like I act. I want them to have the same joy and the same peace and the same righteousness that I have. And that's why my good must be used. But if all of a sudden my good is to manipulate, in other words, I'm just doing good to get you to have meat and get you to have drink, now I'm manipulating people. And by the way, do not think that new believers to our church don't know that they're being manipulated. That's why the average church can't keep new people. Because it looks good until you get in. And when you get in, do you know the Grace Testament to this church? is Miss Robbie right there, Brother Smith. And uh, how many weeks have you been coming, Miss Robbie? Phew, used to come years ago, but since we've been in the dining hall, whatever that was, way back there, what do you think? Three months ago? The greatest testament to Emmanuel is not that Miss Robbie came. It's that Miss Robbie continues to come. Do you see that? Because somebody has taken their good and they understand it's not for what she's doing on the outside. That'll come. It is for what our good does to the inside of somebody. And this is why we have to start judging ourselves. Where do I need to be in Miss Robbie's life to get peace and joy and righteousness out of Miss Robbie's life? Not what she can give me. So you keep reading there, and it says here then in verse number 18, we're right on time. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. So all of a sudden, we can have a good reputation in town. Did y'all hear that? We can have a good reputation in town. But it all depends on where we're at with those who are weak or are just growing in the faith. And those, so, so, I, I, so if I say, well, here I am, a mature Christian, I'm the pastor, the pastor. If all of a sudden I'm like, well, here they come. No. It's when I say, no, Bob, you need to look at your life and where do I need to stand in everybody's life to get the most righteousness, peace, and there are people who will say this, oh, now you're just changing for the sake of other people. Sort of like Christ did when he changed for the sake of you and I. He became sin for us who knew no sin. So now here we go. Let's finish it out. Now we come down to this. Let us therefore follow after the things that make for peace and things wherewith we may what? Edify one another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with, what please, offense. Here, my friend, is where somebody crosses a bridge to spiteful Christianity. Knowing that what I'm about to do with my Christian life is going to irritate that brother or sister in Christ. It's evil. It's one thing. Sin is, is this reaction of the flesh to opportunity. Have you ever been so casual with somebody that something came out of your mouth and you were like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. You need to go back and make it right. Why? You were tired. It was late. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But it's another thing to go I know this is going to irritate them, 
and I'm going to do it on purpose. To eat on purpose to irritate, the Bible says that's evil. That's evil. You know what evil is? Is when you go out with somebody and you're on a diet and you order a salad and they order what you want or what you used to eat and they sit there on purpose. Boy, this is good. Knowing that you're struggling and uh, knowing and then they do it. That's evil. Now, it's hard for us to fathom. It is hard for us to fathom this. But please know what I'm about to tell you. It happens in churches all the time. Unbeknownst to the pastor. And that's where members have to understand that if all of a sudden somebody believes something, it is wrong for you to on purpose do something to hurt that brother. Because if you'll keep reading in the text, it says this. It is, it is, so, so now we have the violation, the evil. It is good neither to eat flesh or to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother, here it is again, stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. So now here is verse 20 and 21 as we end. So pastor, where do I put this at? How, how, verse 20 and 21 is this. Live your life according to what you know will not injure the other brother around you. It's a Cain-Abel effect. Don't, don't be Cain, because Cain was like, God said, where, where, where's, your, where's your brother? You know what Cain said? Am I my brother's keeper? What he was saying, I have no responsibility. Yes, we do. As long as we have brothers and sisters in Christ, then we have a responsibility not to do anything on purpose, knowing it's going to hurt another brother or sister in Christ. We are to be charitable in what we believe. And if I am fully persuaded, Romans 14 verse number 5, then all of a sudden, here it comes to personal violation. And that is in verse 22 and verse 23. So he ends the chapter with this. Let me talk to those of you that are fully persuaded in your mind and you believe something. Now let's talk about, for the, for the remaining two minutes, the belief. Look what it says here. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Have you ever been with somebody that was just growing in the Lord? And I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Years ago, I led a gentleman to the Lord, probably second, third year I was pastor, and he had a, a tattoo right there. He had, a, he had a tattoo, right? Well, he was going through discipleship, and, um, and uh, they were getting ready. Brother Zinn happened to be discipling this guy, and he was getting ready to get into tattoos. It was like lesson down the road, the next morning, the next Sunday, when the next Sunday he comes, he said, Pastor, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. You know what it said? Born again, and I had the date he got born again. And I was like, I didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. The lesson's coming up. When he got done with that discipleship lesson, <laughs> he was in the auditorium, and he was like, when we caught eyes, he beelined over to me. He said, you knew that lesson was coming, didn't you? And I said, the lesson about what? Tattoos. And I said, yeah, I did. He goes, then why didn't you say something when I said, look at Pastor, born again, and da 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 And I said, I, I didn't know what to do. To, I, that's what that verse means. 
You see, while people are growing in the Lord, do you know what people have a nasty habit of doing? They have a nasty habit of trying to play God in their life. I am not to play God in somebody's life. So as people are growing and they're learning, and they'll say a word that you're like, oh, oh, you shouldn't be saying that in the house of God. God will work on them. So, so now it says this, have it to thyself. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing that which he alloweth. Just real quickly, because I know that uh, they're, they're letting out everywhere because we're right there. Listen, if you believe something, then the Bible says this, the truest test of whether or not you're holding to your belief is this, happy is the man. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. So if what you are allowing, you know the Holy Spirit has said no, do not violate this for yourself. Do not violate it. So here you have a faith system, and if you're violating this, because verse number 23, and he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. That, that doesn't mean that I don't have this faith. What it means is, is that my faith system, and this is where somebody the other day came in and said, Pastor, I'm not quite sure if I should or I shouldn't. And I asked them this, do you believe that God would be displeased if you did that? Yes, Pastor. That's what that means. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. Please do not abandon your belief system because other people make you think it's okay to eat that. If God has said, no, no, a believer should not, we have lost the day of absolutes. And if a believer says, no, I should not eat that. If all of a sudden you do eat it because there's doubt, maybe. How many ever done something that you, you just stood firm on and then you thought, no, I'll give it a try. And you tried it and you felt like a dog. That's what that verse is talking about. Then it says, for whatsoever is not of faith is what? Sin. Now, we love to use that and broad stroke it to everything. But what it's talking about here is this, is that if you believe it, and then all of a sudden you eat it, and there's this condemnation from the Holy Spirit, then whatever you eat that violates your faith, that's sin. It may not be sin to somebody else, but it's sin to you. And what we want is we want a communal faith. And so there are people looking for churches that, that match this communal faith. Whatever, whatever happened to individual responsibility of our Christian life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we stand up for it and say, you boys can go do that, but I, I'm, I'm just going to back out right now. And we've lost the ability. So Romans 14 is this. It's a big package. I go back and listen to the other weeks. But y'all, just suffice it to say this. Judge yourself. Let God work on you. And adjust for those still growing in the Lord. Because if we don't, if we don't. The greatest, I wrote this down earlier this morning in my study notes, is the fact that the great, one of the tools that God uses to its greatest in our life is young believers. So think in terms like this, if you're a father, mother, what your children did to you and matured you is what new believers are supposed to do to us in Christianity. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.